I'm not here to poke holes in suspended disbelief. Anyway, they see some weird shit. They decide to make a baby. Thou merkin merchant. Who gives a fuck? Oh my god, we're just gonna start calling you Damien Yeltsin's cool boards. Well, you know, uh, I really like it here. Uh, it's kind of nice, and uh, it's not as cold as back home, and the soil's a lot better. So yeah, sure, I think we're gonna settle. If I'm a peasant boy who grabs a sword out of a stone, yeah, I'm able to open people up. You will, yeah. Anytime I hit them with it, right? Yeah. So my cleave landing will make me a cavalier. Good day, sir. If Siskel thought it was empty-headed plebeian trash, he was probably <laughs> really good at groove on it. <laughs> because cannibalism and murder. Pull back just a little bit and build walls to keep out the redheads. Authorial intent doesn't exist. Some people stand up and wipe their butts. Some people stay seated and wipe their butts. Like it just. being thrown under the bus uh, by my mother-in-law uh, today um, in a way that only I could be thrown under the bus by anybody. Uh, so my, my in-laws, uh, my mother and father-in-law right now are uh, traveling in Europe. And uh, specifically right now, uh, they're in Malta. Uh, and as we record this, there is a festival going on in Malta. And uh, one of the, you know, central things that's, you know, crucial about uh, this festival and about Malta's history is the Knights of the Order of St. John of Jerusalem, known more commonly as the Hospitallers. Okay. Now, the very fact that I'm able to rattle off um, the Knights of the Order of St. John of Jerusalem, known commonly as the Hospitallers, tells you something about why I'm probably the only person who could be thrown under the bus in this way. But my, my mother-in-law called from Malta on a, on a video call uh, in her afternoon, our morning today and talking uh, to my son, she was showing him all of the, all of the castle ramparts and all of the everything. And, and he was entranced because he's my kid. And so anything having to do with, you know, knights and castles and dragons is like, Wow. And then she and then she says to him, "And this is all. Uh, this belongs to the Knights of Saint John. And you'll have to ask your daddy about the Knights of Saint John." So, now here's the thing. On the one hand, this is awesome because I get to you know nerd out to my kid, and that's great. The, the problem is, I have to simplify, and to a certain extent, boulderize the story of the Knights of the order of the hospital of St. John of Jerusalem uh, to, to tell it to a four and a half year old. 
And <laughs> I, I made, I was very careful to focus on the hospital part of it. Um, and, uh, on it's, it's, it could be worse. It could have been the Templars. Cause that would like how, like, oh man. They meant well. They meant well. Yeah. <laughs> it's the order of they meant well. The, the order. Yeah. Yeah. They tried. <laughs> bless um, their hearts in a non-Texas way. In a, yeah, well. Bless their hearts we... in a fully Texas way. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of think Philip was a dick. I and well, yes, I'm not be, like, okay, yeah. no, here's, here's the deal. This could be and, Raiders versus Patriots where I'm just rooting for injuries. Yeah. But. <laughs> in, in a situation where we're talking about the Templars versus really anybody, um, it's, it's like, you know, which, which bastard do, do we want to see get injured more? Um, <laughs> you know, um, and, and I'm saying this as, as a practicing Catholic, like, <laughs> so come on now. <laughs> Uh, but the hospitalers, at least, you know, I can focus on the hospital and and they have, at least in the early parts of their order's history, they, they have a less problematic history uh, than than the Templars. The, the hospitalers weren't the ones who actually started any shit, um, historically speaking, uh, on any kind of large scale. But yeah, so I, I got I got to explain sort of that to to my son. Um and and that was fun um and parts of it were but there was an awful lot of okay so how do i take this and explain it in a way that doesn't like elide the history but doesn't lead to my son having a whole lot of really difficult questions for me to answer so yeah i got to do that over the dinner table tonight so that was fun how about you well, I'm Damien Harmony. I am a high school U.S. history and Latin teacher uh, up here in Northern California. Um, you know, you do know that the Hospitallers were a prestige class in 3-5. So you could bust yes. out Swords and Faith uh, and show it to them that way. Yeah. And explain it to them through D&D. Um, but... When it gets a little bit older. Sure, sure. That's yeah. uh, a little early for that right now. My rule yeah. is as soon as a kid can read and do basic arithmetic, uh, <clears throat> they can play D&D. So. He's getting uh, there. Yeah. He's getting there, but he's not there yet. Awesome. He can he can spell his name, and nice. we are starting to sound words out when we look up on the page. That's fantastic. Starting. You'll get there. So, yeah. You'll get there. Yeah, That's yeah, fantastic. yeah. It was the arithmetic that was the, the stopping point for us. Like, once the arithmetic <clears throat> came, came through, we were, we were off and running. So, all right cool cool uh but yeah um i do like that you kept this one timeless because your mother-in-law throws you under the bus perpetually so <laughs> <laughs> well like yeah but that's that's a universal yeah. experience so exactly. well you know, yeah actually i've always been all of my mother-in-law's favorites um just not my wife's favorites yeah so, you know it's funny it's time. funny my my first mother-in-law Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm actually, I, I, I have to say this. I'm, I'm, I'm generally speaking, I'm very, very, very happy with, with my mother-in-law this time around. Now, part of that is because my first mother-in-law set a bar so low that, uh-huh. um, snakes can, can get over it without, without right. breaking a sweat. Um, <laughs> the, the first occasion on which I met my first mother-in-law, um, I was 22, 23. Mm. And um, she took my then girlfriend aside and uh, said to her, he's lying to you. He has to be at least 30. 
Well, you do. That was literally the entire the first time I've known thing you. You've looked she forty-five. Said. Like you are the Arn Anderson of this podcast. So okay, I can understand that. Um, a couple of years ago, it would have been kind of unhappy to hear that. Now, yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, oddly yeah. enough. So, uh, so no. Here's what I've got going on in my world. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, let's see. Keeping it timeless. Ah, I was sitting there watching something with the kids, and uh, my neck started to hurt, and I turned, and now it's in full spasm. So, I am so sorry. God damn it. Uh, speaking yeah, of speaking of your forties, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> like, it's like, what were you yeah. doing? Uh, sitting there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, minding yeah. my own goddamn business. Right, and my vertebrae and my vertebrae decided to fuck around. Yeah, and, and I and found out. All of them decided to go in different directions at once. It's like Steve Buscemi's teeth in my, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, so that's an image. Yeah, thank you for all that. Right. So uh, let's see. Last time we spoke, we spoke yes. of um, Chad Decker's crisis of conscience and how. He is now working for the resistance yeah. against the V's. Yeah. And I'm still getting agent. over his name. I'm still getting over his name being Chad Decker. Chad Decker. Yeah. Like, like wow. All I'm right. Chad Decker. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> change do you one vowel. Just <laughs> anyway. Right. Sorry. Chab Decker. Vowel. Oh, oh. I Chad, specifically said Chad. Chad. Decker. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Chud. Yeah. Also, could work yeah. too. Ch- so, Chad Decar, Chad Decour, yeah, Chad Decor. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, he he yeah. had he had changed sides and was now working for the resistance, but as a double agent, as a, as uh, a double which agent, of course yeah. is going to put him in perpetual tension. So <clears throat> writing his scenes becomes easier. Um. So, uh, do you remember okay. yeah. what it was though that really the V's in this series were offering to the people? And was really hammered home in the first several episodes. Oh, like over and over and over again? Yeah. Um, They were going to bring back the Mexican pizza? No, wait. No. Sorry, this is... Shamrock shake. Oh, right. Okay, they were going to yeah. make it a permanent menu item. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was of course, uh, universal health care. It was, we're just, yes. we're just, we're going to fix everything that ails you. Yes. And this is yeah. November of 2009, right? Yeah. Um, and the thing is, November of 2009, um, the president of the United States is Barack Obama. His secretary of yeah. state is Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Hillary Clinton yeah. in 1993 was a part of the uh, the effort by Bill Clinton uh, to promote universal single pair health care legislation. Yes. With a yes. massive package that he gave to Congress, very comprehensive, um, oh, yeah. and hoping that they would pass it for him to cl- to to sign, and um, it went nowhere. Yeah, because they didn't. It uh, it was dead on arrival. And some yeah. of it was the insurance agencies who owned half the Senate, um, and the House. Uh, yeah. Other parts of it were criticisms of Hillary Clinton specifically because this is a first lady. Mm-hmm. what is she doing having any kind of say over things this is unprecedented and it's like yes but it's also unprecedented that you've had a woman who's so uniquely uniquely qualified uniquely qualified yeah, that too yeah. just change yeah. one syllable just one uh, yeah. but like she's she was i mean even back then she was like insanely qualified to do shit like this well now, she wasn't know, elected no but 
Uh, neither neither was the transportation secretary, though. Yeah. You know, so yeah. there you, you could certainly the, have these the, arguments. So so, <clears throat> you know, the thing is mm-hmm. there there is there could be mm-hmm. I'm not going to say there is there could be an argument to be made mm-hmm. that um, she the the transportation secretary mm-hmm. got the transportation secretary's job after advice and consent of Congress. True. You know, there was there was procedure involved there there is a constitutional system for finding those people and giving those people those responsibilities you know hillary clinton wound up where she was because she was married to the guy who got elected and the voters like there there was no there was no there was no constitutional role for the first lady nor was there a mandate that she get involved yes sure so so like if if that had been the thrust of the arguments against her, yeah, there there might have been there might have been some something there, but ninety nine percent of the shit that got said mm-hmm. wasn't protest about. Well, this is kind of nepotism on a really large scale, right? It wasn't it wasn't anything like that. It was she was. <laughs> It was like all of the reasons why she was so highly qualified were turned by the right into this like laundry list of why she sucked. Yeah. You know, she's, she's this, she's this woman who's, you know, a a Harvard, Yale, Ivy league educated attorney, right. You know, high powered lawyer and absolutely one of the smartest people in the fucking room, like Mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. And, and like that got weaponized against her and, and part of it was also the expectation that we as a, as a nation historically have had for first ladies is like, you know, Dolly Madison, Nancy Reagan, you know, I would say Eleanor Roosevelt though. Well, like, okay. you have a really good example and, of, I mean, and she how went much... out and talked to the bonus marchers. She did. Tea. And like, she sat and... down. She but was unique how much, in that, though. She was. She yeah. was unique. And if you look at the press clippings from the mm-hmm. day, everybody on the other side of the aisle pilloried her for it. She, I need to look at was, that then. She got. She got. She got criticized okay. for it. Okay. Because she had her own column in the newspaper. Oh yeah. Um, well, no. I, like, yeah. no, no. All all of the admiration in the world mm-hmm. for her, like, gr- possibly greatest first lady in American history. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even going to argue like, no. Um, but other, other than her up to the point that Hillary Clinton took that job, right. The role of first lady had not been political, had not been active in the trenches, had not been overtly involved in policy let me put it that okay way. there yeah because i was like nancy it's, reagan's it was, it was just not, say no was, and oh, betty yeah, ford's no. like hey intensely you know people need rehab <laughs> yeah yeah no, no. Are, yeah but but had not there had never been anything official attached to it it's true and yeah and that's true. and now she's like kind of captaining it yeah and they're like uh excuse me what excuse if she menstruates me? all over some important legislation <laughs> not cool no it's cool but it does kind of encapsulate the characterization and that's that's that that uh plays up the hysteria yeah that was that was attached to it like and and the valid critiques are a a scutcheon for all of that misogyny 
Oh yeah, no, the misogyny was the driving force behind it. Yeah, uh, the 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 terror of yeah. a woman as incredibly fucking smart and capable and like wickedly competent sure. as her. Yeah, uh, being in charge of it. I think on a certain level, it might have been that some of the some of the folks on the on the opposite side of the aisle in Congress might have looked at it and been like, oh. Fuck, we need to hit this as hard as we can because she's unstoppable. Well, there's you know also, what I mean. Like Clinton like, also had put other women uh, who were very very good at their jobs and very very intelligent in positions of authority. Yeah, and they were immediately dragged out of those positions. You might remember the. Um, I remember this very clearly because I agreed with her completely. The Surgeon General was oh, a woman yeah. who advocated masturbation as an alternative. Oh, I don't sex. remember her name and I feel terrible about it because yeah, yeah no, you're but totally was, right. Yeah. And, and Janet like, Reno. Yeah. The one oh, who immediately God. comes to my mind, Janet Reno. Absolutely. Uh, got, got crucified for, you know, the disaster that happened at Waco. And, I, and I would say rightly so. <laughs> well, yeah. One. I mean, um, I mean, but, and, and Ruby Ridge, captain uh, of the ship, the captain of the ship was responsible. People. Yeah. Yeah. But, but at the same time, you can't deny her intelligence. You can't deny you, well, her. Well, you can't deny her intelligence or her or her qualification for the role. Yeah. And and I genuinely think that had it been a man with the same background, same qualifications in those two situations, you would not have seen oh, the level not. of of uh, anger yeah. uh, directed at them for for similar mistakes. Which is interesting because you know. that same that same thing insulated the national security advisor under the second Bush administration from criticism. Uh, for well, because well, because because you can't go after her for being a woman at this. It's like no, because she's advocating like <laughs> expanding a war into two countries that had nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? What you have to look at there is uh, who who are the people making the criticisms right and which side is in power and one of the things that the right wing in this country is really good at is playing both sides of an issue to their own advantage yeah uh bill maher speaking of broken clocks being right twice a day bill maher (laughs) said uh he said once the the democrats fear polls the republicans move polls yeah yeah. it's absolutely true that's totally not wrong and by the way condoleezza rice was also eminently qualified she's just a horrible horrible war criminal she's (laughs) she's she's just the the distaff version of uh henry kissinger and so who honestly hillary clinton's very similar to (laughs) like yeah yeah so you know yeah but you know that's not that's not where it stopped. Uh, there was no, also something no, no. called the Project for Republican Future Policy Group, um, and all of them stymied Clinton's efforts to get universal health care through. And at this time, the Democrats were not as in lockstep. The Republicans also were not as in lockstep. So you had oh, nobody was pockets right. It, yeah. That's going to come the next year. But uh, I found a quote by William Crystal, uh, the hawk, the Coxstain, the editor in chief of uh, Dan and and the editor, the chief of Dan Quayle's uh, uh, chief chief of staff for Dan Quayle under Bush's presidency. He said, quote, 
The long-term political effects of a successful health care bill will be even worse, much worse. It will revive the reputation of Democrats as the generous protector of the middle-class interests, and it will at the same time strike a punishing blow against Republican claims to defend the middle class by restraining government. So in other words... So he said the quiet through. part out loud. Yeah. And then he mobilized congressional opposition. One of opposition. the quiet parts out loud. Yeah. Like he doesn't cop to white supremacy there, but like... no. The, the angling, he totally does. Mm -hmm. like, holy shit. Yeah, we can't let them win this because mm -hmm. then people will benefit and then they'll thank the Democrats. So he mobilizes congressional opposition. He plays on the fact that Democrats never unify um, and that many had their own pet plans that they'd rather propose when this one failed. Of course, they then mm. lose the next election and are completely out of power, losing all momentum to implement a universal health care of any kind. Uh, very similar to Jimmy Carter's effort when Ted Kennedy tanked it in the 70s. <sighs> Fucking Kennedy. Republicans uh, responded by proposing legislation that insisted that private citizens had to purchase health care, but not their employers. Because mm -hmm. at least they're consistent. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it's poor people, you gotta pay for that shit. Businesses, we know that you create jobs. Ugh. Yeah. Now in Massachusetts, <sighs> the Democratic legislators overrode their governor's veto of a statewide insurance plan. Um, that governor's name was Mitt Romney, who then would yeah. take credit for the Massachusetts. Who then, plan. Yeah, who yeah. Who... Um, and that shit worked out pretty well starting in two thousand six, actually. Um, so we have a history of universal health care actually working in a place um, in the 2008 election. Uh, okay, that campaign... Hold on. Stop. Yep. Stop. Sure. I'm going to sure. I'm going to I'm going to back up a little bit. Sure. We actually have history of universal health care working in a place. Yeah. Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah. Um, Great Britain. Canada. I'm in a place in America. Australia. Okay. <laughs> like you're no, no, you're absolutely right. Oh, no, you name the other English speaking no, countries. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> how about every other developed western nation in the world yeah how about and, that? and several eastern ones too like, yeah like you are i'm not sorry wrong. are you yeah. are you a member are you a member of the g6 that's not the u.s right if you are then welcome aboard to right. universal health care like yeah yeah so so I... in the election campaign of 2008 barack obama promised that massive health care reform would be one of the four main points of his presidency. Reform, not necessarily single payer. He's hedging his bets. He well, got elected. Nixon, as you've said any yes, number of times. Who also recommended a similar the thing. Yeah. Because the Republican plan was everybody pays because we don't want free riders. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm. oh, yeah. hey. Yeah. Uh, that's, you just argued for a closed shop. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, God damn it. What happened? Anyway. I mean, this whole podcast is about what happened like yeah. as a series yeah. but really... anyway yeah carry on <laughs> we really ought to rethink our tagline where we bring nerdery just a little bit world. yeah kind of it's, it's we... where we explain the real world through nerdery is kind of yeah. yeah so he got elected with this promise right among other things of yeah. course uh both barack obama and uh bill clinton had competing plans that would cover or i'm sorry uh, hillary clinton when they were yeah. running they had yeah. competing plans that would cover 45 more 45 million more americans yep. whereas Mc mccain also had a plan and it would cover about two million more so roughly 122nd of <laughs> of 
Like you're not even getting a crit failure. Like your odds of getting a crit failure are slightly are, higher. Are slightly, yeah, yeah. Wow. And and <laughs> <laughs> once, uh, once McCain's plan, uh, or I'm sorry, once Obama's plan, uh, included an individual mandate into the proposal, yeah. Uh, Mitch McConnell led the Republicans to not support it at all to block it at every stop. Yeah. Because he took the the baton from Newt Gingrich ideologically as yeah. this is war. Fuck the people. We need power. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and at that point, uh, that was 2009. Yep. Um, right when this is coming out um, and everyone goes home for recess uh, and you see this huge Tea Party movement uh, that gets in there to tank the shit out of the healthcare bill. Um, and it's an AstroTurf movement at this point. It's fully co-opted uh, the actual Tea Party. Uh, they unified mm-hmm. and created the Tea Party caucus, and they threatened Republicans in plenty of town hall debates. They disrupted plenty of Democratic town hall debates. My favorite was the two instances of old people disrupting a Republican town hall meeting saying, you know, uh, you know, I, I can't stand what you're doing in September, telling Republican uh, Robert Inglis of South Carolina, quote, keep your government hands off my Medicare. OK, I'm I'm grandpa. I'm going to stop you right there. First, have you taken your blood pressure pills? OK, have you taken your dementia pills? OK, now. Do you remember where your Medicare benefits come from? It's funny that you mentioned that because Inglis, quote, he said, quote, I had to politely explain that actually, sir, your health care is being provided by the government. Inglis told the Washington Post. And then he said, but he wasn't having any of it. <laughs> so it just. Well, you know, and and here's the thing. If we had all been paying closer attention to what was going on with the Tea Party back in 2009, 2010, we wouldn't have been taken by surprise by what happened in November of 2016. And there were so many people who were pointing to it, like that meme of of Leo DiCaprio pointing, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. A lot of us were pointing to that. In fact, people who study fascism and studied Nazi Germany said that this was the moment that they saw America take a turn that was past the point of no return. And it was the 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 vicious and complete and utter devoid of facts Mm -hmm. um, response to the healthcare plan. It was the partisanship oh. that came with that. And they said that was the point of no return for us. The uh, the alternate reality. Yeah. And and okay. the fact that I mean, you ask and you also have a because you have essentially a working test case for Fox News um, oh, because fuck. that that's what drove that. That's what drove the hysteria of grandpa <sighs> um, yeah. in South Carolina and yeah. the, the completely devoid of fact, but full of anger and yeah. is not about to be dissuaded no matter what you say. Because it's it's completely unmoored from the truth, and the fact well, that because that was it's, so successful, yeah, gave Fox a template, and they're like, "Well, fuck, we know how to make money now." We yeah, scare these people. Yeah, well, because yeah, because it's all it's all based in the limbic system. It's mm-hmm. all it's all amygdala all the time. Yeah, and, and uh, buy gold. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Jesus, those ads. Yeah. Like. Well, that told like anytime I see more buy gold ads, I'm like, oh, the economy's going to shit. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> like yeah. 
but yeah, you know that. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember years and years. Well, back during, I think it was during the war, uh, world war two, uh, Disney did a, a cartoon propaganda piece mm-hmm. about, uh, reason and emotion and fascist demagogues trying to use emotion to drown out reason. Wow. Yeah. And I, I don't remember. I think it was, I think Donald duck was the, was the kind of protagonist. That makes perfect sense. I mean, who, he's the most agitatable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, trying to say, you know, wait, stop, think, right. You know, before you have that emotional reaction to something somebody is saying, right. Think about it. Does it actually make sense? And it's like, you know, for some of these folks who who got sucked into uh, the the Tea Party and and have been you know completely uh, uh, devoured mm-hmm. by the by the QAnon movement and all of that crap, some of these folks are old enough that like they should be able to remember that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and. As a as somebody who you know stayed awake during history class um, and now teaches it, it it I find it sad and infuriating in equal parts that anybody could live through that shit and not remember it. You know what I mean? Well, you stayed awake in history class. Yeah, good point. And your history class was likely not taught by a coach. Who probably thought that Reagan was the second coming? You know, I mean, there, yeah. there's a lot of variables that just go into the class makeup. Yeah, and then there's yeah, well, also yeah. the no, fact, yeah, that, like when you have to deprogram a person, the first thing you have to do is separate them from the constant drip of whatever it is that they're being programmed with. Yeah, that's true. So you know, that's, that's there. There's a lot of pieces there. Yeah, but, but okay. So this this anyway. made sense, right? That uh, yeah. people would be up in arms like this. Um, and that people would be you take your government hands because Sarah Palin, who'd lost the election for oh. vice president in 2008, um, but she'd created a really worrisome, stupid caucus in the process. Um, she said on her very first Facebook post in August of 2009, remember, oldsters are getting on Facebook in 2009. Um, she said, quote, Government health care will not reduce the cost. It will simply refuse to pay the cost. And who will suffer the most when they ration care? The sick, the elderly, and the disabled, of course. The America I know and love is not one in which my parents or my baby with Down syndrome will have to stand in front of Obama's death panel so his bureaucrats can decide, based on a subjective judgment of their level of productivity in society, whether they are worthy of health care. Such a system is downright evil. Which... Is hella true. Such a system would be downright evil. Such a system doesn't really exist. Um, I mean, unless anywhere you start taking a look at how we started rationing, uh, you know, healthcare during the first year of the pandemic, or or if you look at the decisions that get made by for-profit insurance companies about whether they're going to pay for somebody's cancer treatments. Yeah. Or if you're going to look at the way that you know nine uh, eleven survivors have had to fight for every any of any kind of medical treatment for the cancers and other 
other illnesses that they've suffered as a result of, of their, you know, first response on the day, or, uh, you know, if you ignore the hardship that's undergone by literally any veteran having to deal with a fucking VA ever. Right. Um, like, so she's signaling to her plan basically like that's, that is the Republican, uh, and the, the ultra right playbook is let me tell, let me accuse the other side of what I plan to do so that when I do it, it takes the piss out of it. Yeah. And, and so, so I, I especially love her talking about, you know, judging people based on their productivity, the society, like, have you, have you listened to yourself talking about, you know, the evils of socialism mm-hmm. and, you know, well, and to you... each, to each, according to their need from each, according to their ability. That's like literally the reverse of what you're talking about. Right. Well, and did you know like, the overtone of Obama killing her child who has down syndrome in there? Oh yeah. And I mean, oh, there's oh, some yeah. Nazi shit going on in that rhetoric too. Like basically, you know, useless eaters, right? Yeah. By the end of that week, roughly 30% of Americans believed that there was a provision of a system in healthcare, uh, in the healthcare bill that would determine the worthiness of medical care. 30%. Yeah. A week and... later, she continued, quote, the elderly and ailing would be coerced into accepting minimal end of life care to reduce healthcare costs. And then she accused Britain's NHS of being death panelly, which crashed Twitter in the UK with the amount of Brits who were defending the NHS. Oh, you you don't fuck with the NHS. Like, yeah. like Brits Brits will will shank you. I mean, they they have a knife crime problem anyway. But like, that's that's what'll motivate them. That's one of the things yeah. that will get them to draw steel. Yeah. Um, you know, a uh, friend of the show, Bishop O'Connell, uh, lived over there for a number mm-hmm. of years a while back. He was, he was working over there. And that was, that was one of the things that like anytime the NHS came up in any, any kind of conversation, any kind of capacity, it was held up as a beloved sacred institution that was held in universal respect. And like, if you had anything bad to say about it, you better phrase it very carefully. You yeah. Know? Um, cause yeah, no, it is. It, I mean, it was part of the, part of the, uh, post-war consensus was yeah. like, okay, no, we've got this set up. We're not going to fuck with it. Right. Yeah. We need a welfare state. We, we need a welfare state, you know? Yes. Um, and, and like they, they look at us on a regular basis. They look at us like you're all, bloody mad yeah, like you poor stupid fool you poor you poor bastards like yeah. you gotta pay for your own like wait <laughs> you mean to tell me yeah. when you have a baby you have to pay how much out yeah. of pocket like it's yeah. it's it they are gobsmacked and and we are so colonized in our own brains by by the system that that we've lived under that we just look at them like, well, yeah, of course you got to pay a couple of thousand dollars to. Yeah, what do you mean you don't? And for having, what do you mean you don't? Like what? Yeah. You know. Yeah, the only ones who Jesus. don't are people that I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's because they're like, the ultra rich, yeah. or they're the exceptionally poor. Yeah. Um. Well, in September of 2009, she again doubled down, citing a part of the bill that didn't mention anything of the sort. She said, "Quote." To me, while reading that section of the bill, which there's your first lie. um, (laughs) Wait, she can read? Yeah. 
Well, so many magazines. I just, I can't name them all. I just, you know, anything, really. You remember when they asked her what she was reading? And oh, yeah. Like, I'm not here to play gotcha questions. And it's like, we're, what you're we're, reading that's, is... That is, that, is, that is the ultimate softball. Right. Like, like that's, like, you know what? That's a chance for you to dog whistle to your uh, constituents. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I read if White you... Wedding Dress magazine, you know? Yeah. Like, or or whatever yeah but yeah not not being able to name yeah like well you know um i i you know keep up with you know time in newsweek which like or, i mean there's again she could have just dog people. whistled oh i i read horse and hound i read you i know, read guns and ammo yeah, yeah. you know whatever yeah they would have loved it but yeah mccain can be the smart one you know but anyway, so we, we continue uh, to me while reading that section of the bill, it became so evident that there would be a panel of bureaucrats who would decide on levels of health care, decide on those who are worthy or not worthy of receiving some government controlled coverage. Since health care would have to be rationed if it were promised to everyone, it would therefore lead to harm for many individuals not able to receive the government care. That leads, of course, to death. Now, I just need to pick apart that last third of it. She said. That since it would have to be rationed if it were promised to everyone, what that means is if everyone had, let's pretend that that's true. That means the current system relies on some people getting completely fucked for not having health care. Yeah. And therefore, for us to have it good, we need the Morlocks to suffer. That's what that means. Because if all of us have to take a tone down, for everyone to have access, that means that the present system, there are some people without access and fuck them and that's okay. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like, you point that out and it becomes obvious, but I hadn't I hadn't made that leap. Everybody but... missed that play. Holy shit. Yes. <laughs> what? She's treating it like I mean, pie. I just figured I just figured it was begging the question, but it, also like that. that's amateur. That's amateur hour compared to like she's treating it like pie and saying saying that you know what? In order for us to enjoy this pie, other people have to starve. If we want to feed everybody, then we're going to get less pie. It's like then everybody fucking eats though. Motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've I've known she was contemptible, like since she showed up on the on the political stage. Like, I knew yeah. it. But like the extent to which she was actually evil from day one had had managed to escape me because I'm yeah. you know the cockeyed optimist who wants to see the best in everybody, and it's like, well, you know, she's a blinkered idiot, but you know. No, no, it's worse than that. She is also a blinkered idiot, but she's evil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, so for her child with Down syndrome to get the health care he needs, that requires somebody else's children to get nothing. To die. And what Speaking I love about death that panels is like... that when, um, when uh, Michelle Obama, her thing for being a first lady was let's fight childhood obesity. Yes. And it was let's like have healthier food in the schools. 
So let's yeah. actually pay the Department of Ag enough money that they can kick it down and on and on and on. Um, Sarah Palin shows up at a school with sugar cookies in opposition. My like, God. She politicized sugar cookies. Uh, so somebody's like, hey, kids are unhealthy and it's partly because of the food we're feeding them. And she said, fuck that. Um, for all of us, you know, for some kids to enjoy sugar cookies, other kids have to continue to eat really shitty cheese. Like, I mean, that's, that's, again, it's that same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, no, like, okay, no. So in November of 2009, she actually did finally walk some of that back about a half a step. Um, she invoked the ghost of the monster lying sack of shit who absolutely wanted death panels for people with AIDS and HIV, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> okay. She said that she was going to be speaking in the tradition of his great communicating, which I caught you mid swallow on that what one. What the? Yeah. <laughs> like this, yeah. this isn't, this isn't like fancy, fancy beer I'm drinking, but I'd rather not <laughs> waste it going up into my sinuses. So she said <laughs> in she the said, tradition. Okay. I, I yeah. need you to say that quote again, though, when I'm not oh, trying not to choke on what she I'm drinking. said that she was speaking in the tradition of his great communicating. And here was her quote. No, quote, the moment yeah. you use a phrase like that, no, you are not. But yeah. anyway, carry on. Well, so yeah. that's the paraphrase though. So yeah, here's the actual right. quote. He got his point across. He got people thinking and researching what he was talking about. It was quite effective. Same thing with the death panels. So in other words, it was okay that I used death panels, even if I was lying, because Ronald Reagan also did the same thing about the homos. That's what she's saying. Thank you, Madam Goebbels. Yeah. For that defense of your fucking lying. Yes. A week later, later, still in November of 2009, while this show is premiering, Newt Gingrich straddled the fence. I just want that visual in your head. Um, I didn't need that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, And he floated the weather balloon of lying that he'd get really good at using in 2016 by saying that no part of the bill suggested any kind of healthcare rationing. See, I'm smarter than the woman I read, uh, but that it would, quote, all but certain lead to rationing. See, I also want you to be afraid of the black man who isn't really an American. So he basically is, oh, she's of the crazy kind. She's just a hysterical woman. I am a smart man. Listen to me. And yeah, she she's she hit something. She hit on something there. It would lead to rationing. And again, I come back to. It, it's kind of like that. Well, you know, we the system won't won't survive if we pay everybody a living wage. Then the system doesn't deserve to survive. Yeah, we, this we system need, is we need, such we that need we better, need to ration we need a better system. Yeah, yeah. If this system is something that we need to ration, I guess the solution there is we need to make a better system. That like, yeah. I'm I'm the I'm the token you know, what passes for a conservative here on this, mm-hmm. on this podcast. And I'm nodding along with you. Like, well, yeah, I still say that you are actually a conservative. It's just <laughs> like, 
they've gone so far to the right <laughs> yeah, as yeah, to make conservatives yeah, yeah, seem like lunatics. liberals. Yeah. 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 And Obama got a letter <sighs> from an elderly woman that said, quote, I don't want government run health care. I don't want socialized medicine and don't touch my Medicare. <sighs> so that's what's going on when V hits the air. And because of the filibuster and because of the way that it was structured and the majority voting now needing to be 60 out of 100, when Ted Kennedy died due to the brain cancer, which could not have come at a worse, case, worse time, and when Scott Brown replaced him, giving the Republicans the single vote they needed to continue the filibuster because the Senate doesn't fucking work anymore. That was January of 2010, while V is still going on, and Chad has found out that he's going to have an aneurysm. The, this debate about health care was going on exactly when v, v aired in November, and McConnell's efforts to not support it began in earnest in December of 2009. And the damage was definitely done. By March of 2011, 23% of Americans said they thought that the law allowed government to make an end-of-life care decision on behalf of seniors, which is basically death panels, right? Yeah. Almost 25% of Americans, one quarter of Americans. What I really would like somebody to do, mm-hmm. and I and I don't know if, if the tools exist because you'd need a way back machine. Mm-hmm. But I'd really like to compare that 23% mm-hmm. to the percent that will, in fact, vote for Donald Trump, even if we we see him shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue. Oh, yeah. I, I'd like, say you're going like quite a bit of overlap. Like, like I, I, I suspect that Venn diagram is a circle. Near, like yeah. like on a on a on an emotional level i'm like well i mean obviously but yeah then then there's the part of me that's like well no there might be you know other other factors involved but yeah like, i mean it's it's like the venn diagram between ants and british people like, yeah have you seen that yeah okay yeah, yeah. so it, yeah, it'd be it's, like it's, that where there's one yeah. difference and that's yeah. it <laughs> yeah. um Otherwise, 23% yeah. said that they thought that death panels or that that specifically the, the, the law would allow governments to mm. make end of life care decisions for the elderly. Um, another 36% said they didn't know. So that is 59% who either don't know or think it's possible. Only 40% seem to have read the required parts that enabled them to say, of fucking course not. Or, or like you know, knew somebody who had and trusted the person that they were getting the information from. Right. Like you don't even. Or watch the <sighs> news source instead of. Fox. Yeah. 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 You don't, you don't even like in order to be an informed citizen, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to read every single piece of legislation page for page, word for word. You just need to. These are facts. But in some effort, and yeah. listen to educated people who are talking about it, who mm-hmm. you judge to be trustworthy, and and then and then be a critical thinker about who you find to be trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, Stone Kettle Station, mm-hmm. uh, the the blogger, yes, uh, has has a phrase that he keeps coming back to that is just 
too goddamn true. And it's if you want a better country, you need to be better citizens. Yep. And and I feel like he needs to add an expletive in the middle of it. If you want a better country, you need to be better fucking citizens. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and and the yeah. well, and just to tie it back. Yeah. yeah, just to tie it back uh, to Chad uh, and the media's need for punditry, um, there was a study done in 2011 that showed, quote, the mainstream news, particularly newspapers, debunked the death panels early and fairly often, end quote. But because of the editorial decisions, enough journalists presented information in a he said, she said style and that it confused uninformed readers and most journalists weren't given license weren't given license to include an explanation as to why Palin's charge was false, you know, like actual reporting. Yeah. So it wasn't even for a lack of desire or laziness on the part of the journalists necessarily. It no. was editorial decisions that said what sells is punditry. What sells is he said, she said. So you report on he said, she said, you do not actually address the facts and say, here's what she's saying. Here's why it's wrong. Here's what she's saying. Here's why it's wrong. It's here's what she's saying. Here's what an expert is saying. I guess we're going to leave it up to you. I think, I think you're, you're partly that's, that is, that is a, that is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. I am also going to blame, I don't know, journalism professors, the, the culture of journalism since, I don't know, the Reagan administration where, you know, um, we we have to be we we have to give both sides a chance to make their argument and and the the counter argument is look if one person says it's raining and another person says it's not raining you don't just say well these two people say something different you open a window and you look for your fucking self right you stick your the, hand out the window and see if it's it, raining it check yeah yeah you don't the, just the, go to someone's house and knock and go excuse me what are your thoughts on if it's raining or not yeah yeah um, the the idea that, um, you know, both both if if there is debate, you have to give both sides of the debate the opportunity to say what they say, without without critique, mm -hmm. is is this is like that's I, I don't know objective. I don't know when it yeah like that's what yeah. objectivity is and and like I don't know where that idea came from I don't know when it got started. Well, you remember what I was telling you about in the original V the series? Remember the the journalist in that who uh lost his job at ABC for for actually doing reporting on Bull Connor and all of his bullshit? That like he lost his job. So it stretches yeah. back pretty far cuz they're like, "Oh, you can't go editorializing that." It's like this is what fucking happened. Yeah. And he stood by it and lost his job. And I think you yeah. had enough of those guys who did that and they could move around and still had some gravitas. Yeah. But as soon as the networks no longer, and it comes back to Reagan killing off the fairness doctrine. Like it basically yeah. is that um, as soon as the okay. networks stopped having to provide actual fairness doctrine shit, um, it, yeah. it, it opened it up. You know, it's like, Oh, we could do this for profit. We could scare you for profit. Yeah. Uh, Another journalist's study con concluded that it was hard to combat misinformation of such a dire nature, 
specifically the dire nature of it was was the part that was hard to combat. But that quote concerned scholars, citizens and journalists could create negative publicity for the elites who are promoting misinformation. So because it's so dire, it is hard to fight. The best thing you can do is spread salacious rumors to ruin the reputation of the shitheads, not actually combat this shit head on. You have to do an end around. And that brings me to, do you remember in the series, the first people um, uh, who were immediately delegitimized in all the iterations of V, who were the first groups of people who were demonized? Scientists. Yep. And then journalists. And then journey. So. Well, because it can't happen here. Right. Like. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Uh, you know, the 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 book burning images from the Third Reich are all from the Institute for Sexual Wissenschaft. Right. Like right. scientists much? Right. You know. But back to birther stuff because right. that, no. <laughs> oh, fuck. that ties a lot <clears throat> into the disturbing history of the show. Um now Article yeah. two of the United States Constitution states, quote, no person except a natural born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this constitution shall be eligible to the office of president. Neither shall any person be eligible to that office who shall not have attained the age of 35 years and been 14 years a resident within the United States. Basically what this means is if you were not born in a state that the United uh, in the United States, then you don't get to be president. Barack Obama was born in 1961 in Hawaii, which that means Hawaii was a state. Yes. And he is therefore a natural born American. So case closed. But is it? Well, yeah, except that hella people couldn't handle that a black man was president. So they came up with very, very twisted logic as to why and how he couldn't be president because his mother's mobility in his early years, uh, the claim that gained the most traction was that he was born in Kenya, flown to Hawaii to falsify his birth and then raised in Indonesia. And since Kenya and Indonesia have a high percentage of Muslims in their population, and because his middle name is Hussein, that must mean that he's also a Muslim. In reality, Barack Jr. lived in Indonesia until he was about 10, and then he came back to Hawaii to live with his grandparents. And from 1971 forward, he's been a resident of his home country, the United States. But birthers had what we call in the business a trump card. <laughs> hmm. I see what you did there. Good, because I was not subtle. Uh, <laughs> laying it on pretty thick. Uh, <laughs> when Obama uh, wrote his books, he had a literary agent representing him. And the promotional booklet that was issued about him as an author stated as early as 1991 that Obama was, quote, born in Kenya and raised in Indonesia and Hawaii, end quote. Now, that error also went up on their website until 2007 when it was corrected. That he didn't know about any of this information is actually pretty believable. I mean, I don't know what blurb it says about the Latin program at my school's website anymore. Um, but there's all sorts of publication information about authors that they don't know about. Uh, we're not all Bishop O'Connell. <laughs> As early as March 2008, conservative websites were pushing, well, 
rightist websites were pushing this narrative. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and as early as, as early as 2004, political opponents of his, of Obama's, were pushing the narrative of his religion as being Muslim. Clinton's campaign had workers who lost their jobs over pushing anonymous chain emails with these narratives. Really? Really. All right. Well, that's yeah. that sucks. Some integrity, though, too. Yeah, well, yeah. Good right? that they got fired, but yes. Wow. Glad that they tried it. Yeah. In, in June of 2008, <clears throat> the national... Re- and I remember, because a lot of people are like, why is Hillary hiding it? I'm like, dude, she wants to be president. If there was an, even an inkling of truth to that, it would have been well-researched. Oh, it's not oh, like she didn't have kidding? awful research. Like, like everybody yeah. and their uncle doing oppo research would have been it would have been the front on the front page of every newspaper everywhere cnn would have been running it every five minutes yeah it would have been on the car Fox the would have time. just been masturbating over it for days on end well in many ways like, everybody and their uncle was doing oppo research and it was fucking everywhere so yeah. but yeah it was not verifiable in any way yeah now as early as march of 2008 oh i said that uh in june of 2008 uh the national review online insisted that obama release his birth certificate which that that's an interesting thing that hasn't happened <clears throat> to any other president um presidential candidate Ever. it's a little weird yeah. Ever. Even Eugene I wonder Debs why. was, you know, assumed to live, you know, be born here. Yeah. Yeah. And he was in jail. <laughs> um yeah. yeah, I wonder why. That's weird. Yeah. I don't I can't I can't what I could, could not turn off the reason in my in my research. I could not find what, it. What what motive could there have been yeah. for this candidate? Now in August of two thousand eight, a former Democratic State Committee uh, member of Pennsylvania. Uh, tried to sue Obama, alleging that he was born in Mombasa, Kenya. If you ever wondered why why Pennsylvania went red in 2016. Well, there you go. It's You've got Pittsburgh on one side, you've got Penn, uh, Philly on the other, and you've got Alabama up the middle. Like... <laughs> so, and because this shit was in the air... It did end up in people's soup. And NPR reported it once. It seems accidentally, too, because then the AP also got splattered with this shit. Yeah. In June 2008, Obama's campaign released his birth certificate because it was enough of an issue that he couldn't just put it off. Yeah. And, of course, this was the certificate of live birth, which clearly isn't the same thing and thus proved that he was not an American completely. And people began asking for the long form, not just the short form. And at that point, it was revealed that Hawaii doesn't have a different set of birth certificates, just the one kind. And the very reporter from the National Review Online, who originally insisted that Obama produce his birth certificate, said, quote, this document is what he or someone authorized by him was given by the state out of its records. Barring some vast conspiracy within the Hawaii State Department of Health, there is no reason to think that his original birth certificate would have any different data. And the problem went away and everyone got back to more important things and the world moved on. Okay, so so. So the guy that called for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, no, no, the guy. Here we go. Okay, it's an answer. There we are. We, you know, and and the thing is. This is the point at which. Um, we we start seeing the extreme wing, <laughs> the more extreme wing of the party start turning on 
the elements of the party that they love to label as rhinos. Mm-hmm. And this is where we see the Tea Party Republicans starting to starting to to take control of the party away from the country club Republicans. Yeah. You know, um, and and yeah. It's just it's everything. Yeah, I, I, you may, uh, dear listener, you, you may have heard me opening my second beer a moment ago because I know I'm going to need it. Yeah, because as it turns point, out, because gee, many Christmas. As it turns out, the problem didn't go away. Everyone did not get back to more important things, and the world did not move on, because people then began to claim that Obama, uh, his certificate had been digitally forged with Adobe Photoshop and lacked a stamped seal of the state, which led them to demand that Obama release his, quote, original 1961 birth certificate. And then Fox News platformed blonde pimple Jerome Corsi, who claimed, quote, the campaign has a false fake birth certificate posted on their website. It's been shown to have watermarks from Photoshop. It's a fake document that's on the website right now and the original birth certificate that the, cam- the campaign refuses to produce. More than a decade later, so we're talking 2019, Corsi said, quote, I want to see the original 1961 birth records from Kenya. That'll settle it. The state of Hawaii will not show those records to anyone. There aren't any birth records from Kenya. Proof that the Hawaii's fascist are, uh, Hawaiians are, uh, Yeah, that there's proof that the Hawaiians are hiding it then. Yeah, that's so, begging the question. That's so at, so at what point? So at what point can we actually say that that I don't know what percentage twenty percent, thirty percent of of the Republican base is clinically fucking paranoid? Well, in American fascism, I think she says it's somewhere closer to forty five. Well, okay. Well, all right. So again, cockeyed optimist. Want to try to see the best in people, mm-hmm. but like when, when, like the 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 blatant, complete disregard for common sense and logic involved. Like the deep seated level of hysteria. No, the the need to sidestep people's logic and intellect all right yeah that's what is in play here is the need to to push that to the side the don't believe what your eyes are telling you yeah that part yeah and the the orwell Mm -hmm. the party the party tells you what to believe yeah and this shit was continuing past their premiere of v to the point where the hawaii health department's head had to come out and say the most unnecessary sentences I've ever heard. Quote, I, Dr. Chiyomi Fukino, director of the Hawaii State Department of Health, have seen the original vital records maintained on file by the Hawaii State Department of Health, verifying Barack Hussein Obama was born in Hawaii and is a natural-born American citizen. I have nothing further to add to this statement or my original statement issued October 2008, over eight months ago. There's so much more to this conspiracy dumbness, but suffice it to say, it's horseshit, though far less helpful to the word. Um, One radio show host, Michael Savage, said in December of 2008, after the election, that, quote, 
we're getting ready for the communist takeover of America with a non-citizen at the helm. I used to listen to him on my way home from work because I specifically wanted to keep my finger on the pulse of what fascists thought. Okay, well, that time, that's a good way to do it. That was where I could find it. And then they just fully took over the Republican Party. Well, so yeah, I could just yeah. look at C-SPAN. Yeah. <clears throat> a final quote from just before V aired, quote, here is what the Republican Party needs to do. We have to say that's crazy. So I'm here to tell you that those who think the president was born somewhere other than Hawaii, you're crazy. Let's knock this crap off and talk about the real differences we have. You want to know who the avowed communist was that said that on October 1st, 2009? Uh, McCain. Lindsey Graham. Her Majesty Lindsey Graham, really? <laughs> yeah. McCain's like, boyfriend. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's fucked up. <laughs> but you uh, But I'm not wrong. <laughs> you know, no, you're you're not. But yeah. and and just for anybody for anybody listening, if if Lindsey Graham is actually, you know, closeted uh gay, it I'm I'm not I'm not Pointing that out, it's like, not his as a bad that's thing. It's not his gayness that's the problem. It's the fact it's that not he even him being on... closeted. That's the problem. No, it's it's the fact that he insists on creating and supporting legislation that you know harms women and trans folks and and L- everybody on the LGBTQ spectrum, while being possibly rumoredly a yeah. member of that population it that, has that, happened that the before. issue oh all like, over i like, know there's, this there's documented yeah yeah there's there's documented there's documented history of of you know brown shirts um in in you know weimar germany uh having having sex and then going out to beat up gay men in the street like well, yeah like <laughs> you know because 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 those guys are are you know deviants yeah but anyway we're getting off the subject, but like speaking of okay. the subject, wait a minute, Lindsay, hold on. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I still, sure. I got to go back. The Lindsey Graham, the, man, this is crazy. Wow. How, yeah. how things change when the power dynamic is altered. When you are a power bottom. Yeah. <laughs> you keep looking for a new top. So, Okay, and, and Lindsey Graham is a white power bottom. So, wow. Okay, <laughs> I mean, still not wrong, right? And but... still fucked up. Like, yeah, yeah, desperately, so... desperately fucked up. So you might be asking yourself, wow. "Wait a minute, I thought this was about V," and you're right. <laughs> so I'm going to get into some really crazy shit in the next episode. And that'll okay. probably be the last episode. We'll see. Um, because the crazy is just going to dive deeper. Like, this was all just to set up the crazy stuff. This was not the crazy part. <laughs> what? Yeah. So when we're done recording, go get another beer or three. Uh, you're going to okay. need Okay. Yeah. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. I'm. Oh, God. <laughs> 
So other than that dread, what have you gleaned? Oh, um, <laughs> well, you know, in the, in the very last couple of minutes, mm-hmm. what really strikes me is, is that that quote from Graham is a very, very potent reminder of the way the chicken shit jackass cowards within within upper echelon Republican uh, society mm-hmm. have have flipped the way they have turned into quizlings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because Lindsey Graham said that about you know Obama's birth birth certificate birth record. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lindsey Graham was a vocal never Trumper. Yep. In you know until up until wasn't. up until the <laughs> Republican convention in 2016, you know uh, Ted Cruz uh, <laughs> was was I love like, the quotes about him. His oh, quotes yeah. have have aged as well as the vid- the pictures of people when they first went out shopping during COVID. Yeah. You know, those things have both, those are just like wonderful time capsules. Oh yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. And, and him, him, uh, you know, he, he, obviously he was running against Trump and like, I mean, the man is a disaster anyway, like, you know, all, all the memes about him being the Zodiac killer and being an alien and all of that stuff. I cherish all of them. Yes. (laughs) because i don't because clearly he's a malignant narcissist and a sociopath like and a mewling one at that yeah and and yeah yeah, and but but you know nobody um, talks about my life my wife like that yeah nobody talks about my wife like that yeah and then then, yeah yeah and then and then you know weeks later is a sycophant of the lowest stripe for trump Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the evolution of the, of the, the farthest wackiest right wing of the Republican party from being the tea party mm-hmm. to being QAnon is a really remarkable study in how a personality can become can can usurp um a a position within within a conspiratorial kind of mindset mm-hmm. like the more i look at it and and you know uh american fascism was a, was an excellent study in it but the the fact that the trumpite core was there and was waiting for a figure like Donnie Boy, yep, to show up is in retrospect so obvious. Yes, but everybody discounted him because, I mean, fucking look at the guy. Like by right. any objective, by any objective measure, from anybody who's not part of that cult. I mean, look at the guy. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. You I know, mean, just on looks alone. Never mind the lack of literacy, or <laughs> couth, or, or like all the shit yeah. that like all the shit that you would look and be like that disqualifies him. Made him uniquely qualified for yeah. this time and place. 
and I'm getting get into why actually okay. next episode. Okay, all right. And that. okay, so that's that's part of what's what's at yeah. top of my mind. And the other thing is there are there are the people who are the hardcore believers that, you know, in in the conspiracy theory that Obama was born in Kenya and he was a plant and whatever whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there are the other I don't know 55%, 60% maybe of the Republican party who make snide references to him as the Kenyan. Right. You know, and they don't they don't really believe it, but they're you trading know, on people who do. They're they're well, they're trading on people who do and they're using it as a way to express disdain. Yeah, it's and, racism. I mean, it's straight up well, racism. Well, it, yeah. it's, it's that scene in the siege where he's like, I might just decide you're Ethiopian. And he's like, you're stupid enough to think that's an insult. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're, yeah. And, um, and, and the, the tactic that's been suggested to deal with those people is to look him right in the eye and go, you don't really believe that. Might as well try. I mean, well, and here's the thing. I, I, I have had to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have had to do that in my own family. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is um, it in, in my own family, because the individual in question is actually a person of, some level of uh, uh, ideological, uh, intellectual honesty. Mm-hmm. It it did work mm-hmm. uh, because again, he didn't really believe it, right? Um, and you know, but but the forty five percent of the Republican Party who do believe it, it's it's even, terrifying. I don't. Okay, so I think even they don't believe it, but it's kayfabe for them now. Yeah. And caught him drinking. Uh, but it's kayfabe <laughs> for them now to the point where <laughs> the the work that they're trying to pull on people that they're grifting, because you know, wrestling is absolutely a work. Yeah. And it's oh, yeah. absolutely a con job. And yeah. therefore it is by definition a grift. Um, the work that they're trying to pull on the 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 gullible. Um, and on each other, ultimately, I think there's this weird self-radicalizing. Um, well, it's loop. it's 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 um, that that requires mm-hmm. that they keep kayfabe. Well, they they have to keep kayfabe because so much of their identity is built now around the group identity. Yeah, it's uh, what is it? It's um, tribal epistemology. Yes, there you go. Tribal epistemology and and identity um like it's like it's group identification. Mm-hmm. Like you you need to reassert your uh your faith in in the group think. Yeah. You know, um and it's it's one of those there, there was a, a really remarkable article I read a number of years ago from an anthropologist uh, talking about the intersection of genuine faith and uh, like like the performance of ritual mm-hmm. and 
And they, the example they used was this uh, tribe of people, I want to say it was in Papua New Guinea, that one of their rituals involved the construction of, a, of, a, of an effigy. Mm-hmm. And the women of the village gather together and they are building the effigy. And while they are building this effigy, they are talking about the effigy and they're, you know, making jokes and whatever. And it's like they're all aware of the constructed nature of the effigy. Mm-hmm. But then they also talk to the effigy mm-hmm. as a person. And there is this weird intersection of genuine belief in the spirit of the effigy and the understanding that they are constructing it. Mm-hmm. And you know, there is an and within part of part of the article was also about within any religion, within any any faith practice, there are foundational rituals that are the rituals that give all of the other rituals in the faith their legitimacy. Yeah, you're giving yourself permission to make believe. Yeah. And and for folks in who who are believers in QAnon, mm-hmm. the idea that Obama was a is a Kenyan is actually a Kenyan and secretly he's a Muslim, right? Is like one of those points. It's a core tenant. It's it's well, a core. I mean, it's yeah. Honestly, it's not that different than every other conspiracy having to tie back to, and I mean when I say having to, as in it requires for it to work that it ties back to anti-Semitism. It's, yeah. it's honestly, you've just switched out the anti-Semitism for, uh, for this. Well, you haven't even switched out the anti-Semitism because the question then becomes, okay, all right. So if we grant the ridiculous idea that he's actually a Kenyan, who is it? Who's going to all the trouble to fool all of us into thinking he's an American citizen. Mm-hmm. And that's where you then get into, well, it's the Rothschilds and the, you know, global right. globalist quote unquote. back to the Jews. Yeah. Back, back that's, to that's essentially where... white people who aren't white, who are rotting us from within because, because, and actually I'm going to be touching on a lot of that. Okay. So all right. So we'll, our, we'll, leave it, we'll leave it alone for now. So, so what yeah, you, that's what are you recommending for a reading? Um, I'm going to continue recommending Two Gun Witch by a friend of the show, Bishop O'Connell, who's cool. I think this is like the third time we've mentioned him in this episode. So Easily. yeah. There you go. I'm gonna Where have to can talk you pick to that up, by the way? Two gun witch. Um, I it's available on Amazon. Okay. Um, and I don't have a copy in front of me, unfortunately, so I can't tell you who the publisher is. Uh, but I know, uh, Hell, I, will, I typed I will... in shampoo earlier and I found what I needed to find on Amazon. So well, yeah. if you type so... in Bishop O'Connell to gun, Witch, you'll find, you'll, it. you'll find it. Yeah. yeah. And then you can go look <clears throat> somewhere else for it if you don't need it. Yeah. Tomorrow. If you don't, yeah. If you, you can, you can find out who the, who the publisher is, uh, and you can order it directly from, from them. Uh, cause I know yet, it's an independent, local it's an independent publishing it. house. Better yet, yes, and if they don't, uh, petition for them to do that because yeah. number one, they probably will, and number two, uh, please support your local librarians because they are in fact quiet heroes. So socialism's awesome. Fuck yeah, <laughs> and I'm saying that as the token conservative here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's token. that's you what I make up half the show. Yeah, <laughs> we're well, not token anything. You know. All right, fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. 
so yeah, that's that is what I'm reading right now. How about you? Uh, I'm going to actually just re-recommend Bryn Tannehill's American Fascism, but I want you to go to transgresspress.org to get it. Yes. Um, you know, you could go to Amazon, but you don't need the points and she gets more of a cut this way. So go to transgresspress.org. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and, we, yeah. we want, we want, we want Bryn to get all, all the share all the money of the, of the finances possible. Yeah. So, and you yeah. can actually grab it as an ebook or a print copy, like you you really can. So, I, I strongly recommend you go about it that way. So that's what I'm yes. going to recommend because right. a lot of what I'm going to cover next time will, <laughs> yeah, is 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 uh uh we we can we can just refer you to the book. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, for so. like for for more information on this, check page, <laughs> fill in the blank. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'll give footnotes. Damn it. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, where can people find you on the social medias? If at all? I can be found on social media as Mr. Underscore Blaylock on TikTok. Uh, I can be found on Twitter as E.H. Blaylock, uh, where I have lately been on a terror retweeting uh, Jorts the Cat because union thug for life. Um, and of course, we collectively can be found uh, on the Twitter machine as Geek History Time. And uh, we can be found on the internet directly at www.geekhistorytime.com, where you can find all 160 something episodes. Of yeah, we're in the 170s doing. now. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you can find every episode there. Um, take a look through the titles to see what you're interested in and mm-hmm. dig in. Uh, we have a little bit of everything. Uh, well, actually, that's not true. We have a lot of wrestling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh we have a remarkably little amount of star wars uh but uh a uh, fair amount of tolkien uh here and there and um obviously you're listening to us so you have almost certainly found us either on uh, stitcher or on the uh, apple podcast app uh, either one of those places where you found us please subscribe please give us a review give us the five stars that you know Damien has earned with his obsessive research uh, for these several episodes now. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much that. Where can you be found? Uh, best place to find me, honestly, would be at Luna's um, on November 4th in Sacramento. Uh, we're doing Capital Punishment there. It's going to be a really good show. Uh, this will come out too late for you to go to the October 7th one. It was awesome, I'm sure uh but uh yeah so um yeah yeah, november 4th and or december 2nd uh also at luna's uh so that'd be the best place uh on occasion you'll find me on twitter retweeting uh you know bisexual political activists from la criticizing their local politicians okay so but other than that yeah that's that's about all you can do right now okay yeah i i i recommend uh, going to find him at Luna's because it is not only a reliable place to find him, it is in fact the best place to find him. It's yeah, yeah. it's a good goddamn show. Yes. So and cool. and Luna's is just it's an amazing vibe. So yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, for a geek history of time, I'm Damien Harmony. And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling twenties. <laughs>